This is a Federal News Network podcast. In the latest installment in a 20-year rebuilding project, the State Department is about to embark on a new embassy in New Delhi, India. More than a building, it will result in an entirely new approach in one of the most diplomatically crucial cities. Here with details, the State Department's Managing Director for Program Development, Angel Dizon. Mr. Dizon, good to have you on. Thanks. Tell us about this project. It's a combination of new and refurbishing the old and redoing the site. Give us a sense of the scope of what's going on there in New Delhi. Sure. It's a wonderful project. So the original building was built in the late 50s, and... Obviously, it's it's lived this life for a long time and it sort of set the foundation for what our diplomatic relations with uh, the Indians was. And so it's a 28-acre site over two campuses in uh, the Chinakapuri neighborhood. And so the existing campus has a chancery, it has a chief of mission residence, it has a extra office annex, and then it's actually one of the special places that has a lot of housing on it. So a lot of diplomats that come there uh, live and work on those on one of those two campuses. And so our project, the new project, is is really taking a building that was built in the 60s that doesn't meet all of our sort of performative and functional requirements and is, is looking to add new buildings like a new chancery, uh, a new support annex with some offices in it and some new residences. And then the second phase of the project will then be to renovate the culturally significant property that was the existing chancery. And just for definitional purposes, what is a chancery? So the chancery is the, is the sort of main administrative building on any embassy campus. It's it's the representational and symbolic building where all those diplomatic efforts happen. So when you are looking around the news, when they're when they're shooting an image of a of an embassy, that's the main building, also known as a chancery. And the building that exists there now is also architecturally significant. It is. It's super significant. It's actually on the Secretary of Interior's culturally significant properties list. It was designed by a very famous architect, Edward Durrell Strone, and he, he actually designed that building and master plan the two campuses. And it was kind of a, a time when, you know, we were putting our best foot forward in the world and, and using these facilities to represent what we believe democracy to be. And so it's designed in the sort of international style, very open and and it's it's translating all these different kinds of I don't know, all these different kinds of building types that exist in India and translating them into a modern way with a with obviously an American sort of overlay to represent us. And it was actually, it's very well received in India. Uh, it's obviously on our uh, secretary's register, a very, very important building in our portfolio. So that building will remain, but it will get some enhancements after the new chancery and after the other things you mentioned are built? That's exactly right. And you can imagine a building that's built in 59, it just doesn't perform the way that we want. So anybody that lives in a house that's from the 50s or 60s knows what I'm talking about, you know, where, you know, it's a little drafty. And in fact, the building is actually designed with a big open courtyard. So if we look at the kinds of requirements that were required then, they're very, very different what they are today, especially around security. And so the building doesn't meet any of those sort of physical and technical security requirements that we really require uh, for uh, for the buildings that we build today. And so the building is going to look the same, but it's going to get these kinds of enhancements that provide that the kind of security that we're looking for. But then it provides all these other, other kinds of utilities and functions that I think a modern 
office building of today requires a different than a building of that time. And you've chosen a fairly well-known and avant-garde firm to do this new project, and that involves some landscaping also. The company describes itself as urbanists that deal with not just the building itself, but the surroundings also. That's right. Weissman Freddy is the architect for this particular project, and they're a wonderful firm out of New York. And the reason why they were selected is they do have a sensitivity towards these historic buildings. And what's unique about New Delhi is because it's spread over two campuses, people are working and living on there. There's a lot of development constraints there uh, imposed by the city where you can't There's a a minimum amount of sort of coverage on the land that you can put on there, very specific building heights that you have to stay below. And so what you really needed in this particular case is someone could be sensitive to all of those things and create one big cohesive campus for the diplomat. We're speaking with Angel Dizon. He is the State Department's Managing Director for Program Development. And just looking at the Weissman Freddy site, they show a building that it looks like a miniature version of the Kennedy Center. Is that the existing building? (laughs) You've got a good eye there, right? So, yeah, so Edward Durrell Stone designed both the embassy in New Delhi and the Kennedy Center. Oh, darned. The embassy, the embassy in New Delhi was first. And so what ended up happening, it's really kind of a cool story, is uh, Jackie Kennedy is going out to visit uh, the embassy in Delhi, sees this building, is absolutely overwhelmed at how representational it is, how efficient it is, and just how it spoke to her. She said, I want this for my cultural center in D.C. And so he's commissioned then to do the Kennedy Center, and it it takes a lot of the same kind of vocabulary from the embassy building uh, to the uh, uh, Kennedy Center here in D.C. Yeah, and of course, as we know, in the history of the Kennedy Center, it's had some performance and functional problems, too. But I think they've got that up to date now, too. Yeah. When buildings get old, you need to go in there, and there has to be some interventions so that it performs the way that you need to today. I mean, think about the way that people worked back then and the way that the kind of technology or lack of technology they had back then, it's just a different kind of time. And so it requires a different kind of building. And just describe briefly the process by which the State Department chooses an architect and because you've got 50 more to go in this 20-year redoing project so far, 20 years of building new embassies for security purposes. How do you pick the outfits that are going to do the design? We've been doing this for about 20 years, and we probably have another 30 years to go because we have 291 of these missions to do. So the way that we do it is when we we put out a solicitation for an indefinite delivery, indefinite quantity contract. So that's IDIQ. And essentially what we do there is we put out a solicitation so that you can be a part of that stable of architects. And what ends up happening is that we compete them, and then we identify the ones that are most appropriate for our program, and then we make sure that they are then they are cleared to the secret level so that they can work on these kinds of projects. Now, after that, in this particular case, we had a, a stable of 10 architectural and engineering consultants, and then we have a architectural engineering selection committee inside the Bureau that makes the selection for the right architect based on the kinds of challenges that we're seeing on that particular project. And in this case, Weissman Frey just had all the right kinds of attributes to be the appropriate architect for this. And they've proven out to be so. In fact, the way that this project started was just a little bit of a study. We wanted to understand what was the right way to manage the land and manage all the existing buildings there. And so they actually did a master plan. And one of the things in New Delhi is the property values there is very, very high. Then there's all these different kinds of constraints. So not unlike that you would do in a big portfolio, we just had to manage that effectively. And New Delhi is is one of the 
one of the large megacities. And so how do Americans really develop properties that they own in those countries so that they meet our requirements and are sensitive to the kinds of megacity challenges that exist? Yeah, New Delhi, I think, has 21 million people. It's just gigantic. <laughs> yeah, a bit more than D.C. And I've been there a few times. Be thankful that we have D.C. traffic, by the way. But it's tough. It's tough there. And then also in a lot of places that we work, there's different kinds of obviously political challenges, different kinds of security challenges. And then in Delhi, there's a lot of environmental challenges. The the air pollution is very tough there. And so one of the things that we did in in our project is, is really introduced a whole lot of new tree plantings, almost 2,500 tree plantings, some on campus, some outside to help sort of manage some of that. But there's a whole host of different kinds of environmental things that we've done as a part of our project. I think, A, to be, you know, good neighbors in that city, but also to be, I don't know, more independent from the host nation from a security perspective as it relates to water and energy. Sure. I guess old King George V would have been surprised at what that city grew up to be. <laughs> and just give us a... Pretty amazing. What will you be spending on all of this? And as it sounds like you've got pretty steady congressional support. Yeah, you know what? We've been We've been very fortunate. I think every time... Congress has looked at our program, regardless of which administration's there and regardless of which party, they've seen value in protecting our diplomats overseas. And so it's been funded consistently. So we've had a sort of active program for, since around, around 2000, 2001. And we started off, I think we're getting about $800 million a year. And now we get almost $2.5 billion a year to execute these new projects. So in New Delhi, the construction contract was awarded at right at about $560 million for both campuses. All right. And we should also add, even though you have the title of Program Development Managing Director, you are an architect yourself, correct? I am. I was trained that way. I don't know if that's good or bad, but uh, what I really appreciate about my training and the role that I have here is you really see the value of what architecture can be uh, for people that that, that work there or experience it. And it's not unlike the buildings that we have in D.C. Sometimes we don't go in them. But it's a part of our life, right? It's part of our experience. And public buildings, civic buildings, especially government buildings that represent the the U.S. government, it's important that those buildings not only represent us well, but then also are able to be something of an inspiration to the people that work there. What you have to imagine is in these embassies and consulates that we have, 75% of that population is, is local people. 95% 95% of the visitors are local. So it really is. It is It is a symbol of who we are and, and, and what to expect out of Americans. And so I, I find it to be really, really important. I think having an architecture background helps to make sure that that's kind of always front of mind. But the, the fact of the matter is the reason why we do these buildings is we need to make sure that we secure our diplomats overseas. But you don't get to make a little sketch on the blueprints yourself, though, do you? Oh, <laughs> that's why we hire the best American architects is so that I don't have to pick up a pen. Right. Now, we our, our, our goal is to really hire the best architects and engineers in the United States, and then we guide them with what I think our, as a bureau, we are experts in embassy design and construction, so we know what is expected. And we just guide the, uh, the uh, architects on, on, on what the challenges may be. And ultimately, what we are looking for them to do is, is represent us well and make sure that these buildings are safe, secure, functional, and resilient. Angel Dizon is Managing Director for Program Development, Coordination, and Support at the State Department. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much, Tom. I really appreciate it. We'll post this interview along with links to pictures and more information at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. 
First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.